Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey there, I'm Jason Whiteley. This is the unofficial political podcast of Texas. I'm from WFAA in Dallas with my cohort, my good friend. They call him the other Jason, Jason Wheeler from WFAA in Dallas as well. Uh, This is the unofficial political podcast of Texas, but this is officially... Our very first one. This is the first one. This is this is a fascinating episode to lead off this whole series. It with. is. It's all about how political campaigns in 2020 are going to be using your cell phone and social media like never before. And I had no idea this was happening. And I think of myself as, you know, a learned guy and stays up on, you know, current uh, events and so forth. I had no idea that this was happening. And the money behind it. Somebody's making money off my cell phone, but it's not me. (laughs) We're we're paying money to have our cell phone. But what we're about to hear from our first guest here in just a moment uh, is just fascinating to hear. And you might hear some some noise uh, in the background behind us here. We are at West Lake Brewery in Deep Ellum. We're having a pint. We're talking politics. What do you have in here, Jason? I I went for the – I I, I was going to go for the farmhouse table beer, but I decided instead to be a little bit different today and go for the barrel-aged leg day, which is a scotch ale, which is a dark beer, which I usually don't do. But they gave me a taste, and I was hooked. So if you miss the gym today, you're still having leg day. So still feel good have about leg yourself, day. Man. This is the best kind of leg day. <laughs> Indeed it is. I'm having a finish line. It is a, a grisette. And I'm sure somebody listening knows what a grisette is. I did not know what a grisette was. It, it seems like you should, be, you, should, you should be wearing a smoking jacket when you're having a grisette. <laughs> Sounds so refined. It is a uh, evidently a cousin to the saison. <laughs> I don't so, know what a saison is either, except it's a lighter beer that's a little heavier than what I normally drink. You're speaking languages I don't even know. Uh, but, you know, this this is the whole format of this, by the way, if you're going to be joining us every week, which of course you are, uh, is that, you know, we're trying to take a, 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 a more relaxed approach to politics, but we're still going to get in there and, and ask those real questions and talk to real people. But... This is a, a good way to get into it. And let's get into our first guest here, a guy named Vinny Minchillo. He is a friend of mine. I met him four or five years ago at WFAA, interviewed him multiple times. But he revealed something to me the other day about what the Trump campaign is doing in Texas. But more than that, what all campaigns mm-hmm. are going to be doing in 2020 when it comes to your cell phone and when it comes to social media. They are watching what you're doing on social media. So here's Vinny Minchillo. He is an ad guy at uh, Glasshouse Strategies here in Dallas. Good to see you, man. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, we needed you for this because yeah. you, you're one of these guys who's been down in the trenches. T- tell us tell us what you do. What, what, what is a day like for you, Vinny, when you, when you get to work, especially during election season? Yeah, during election season, we concentrate mostly on, like, media and image. So we do TV commercials, radio commercials, uh, digital ads, and, and work on the image of that, the, that the candidate presents out to the public. Uh, ultimately, it's it's a retail business where we try to get you to vote for our candidate. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys normally concentrate on Republican candidates. That's that's it, what you do. It right? is a shirts or skins business, and we are GOP. And there's a there's a whole parallel world of Democrat uh, folks in, in in all persuasions. Now, you and I have talked in the past, and I want you to just tell our listeners about this, and maybe Jason too. 
I've talked with you multiple cycles about negative ads. People always say they don't like negative ads, right. but you tell me all the time, hey, you know what? They might say that, but they respond to that. Yeah, they and, respond to them. And, and negative ads work. And I can tell you, every focus group I've ever been in for, for corporate or for politics, people go, hey, just give me the facts and let me make up my own mind. But yet they will buy products that have, you know, ads that are funny or ads that are interesting. So, so negative ads work. Um, I think, you know, the, it's how you do them that's really important. I always tell clients that when you, when you stab somebody, you're going to get some blood on yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you do a negative ad, you've got to be, you, you know, you've got to be conscious of, of how you do that. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, you know, you, you're going to see a lot of negative ads. And in Texas, I think this time we'll see a lot of ads, you know, as opposed to most cycles where we don't see any. I was going to ask you about that. That that right there is a bellwether, isn't it? Just the fact that we're going to start seeing a lot of them because it used to be that, uh, you know, at least for Republicans anyway, they didn't have to worry as much about Texas and they could go spend their money elsewhere. This should be a good year for the nice folks at WFAA television. (laughs) I think think this is going to work out just fine. Everybody too. But let me ask you about the, the digital spending. Right. Trump is the president is spending more money in Texas than than anybody else down here. That to me, that's remarkable. Is it to you? Um, you know what? It, it, it is. Um, it, 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 to me, that you know, I, kind of, I went through all the all the spending that he's doing. Yeah. And, and I think what he's doing right now is they're, they're committing tens of millions of dollars to do a really deep dive voter ID program. So what that means is they want mm. all the information they can on all 62 million people mm. who voted for him. Now, I would say that the Texas spending is kind of on par with some of the other battleground states. So it's it's just a little higher than Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, while Texas may not be a battleground state, certainly the Trump campaign in yellow alert, I would I would say there. Is but, it not a battleground state, though? I mean, has it become that just when we're seeing, you know, we're seeing some, you know, Republicans retiring out of Congress, right. worried about their prospects. Uh, we're, we're seeing this kind of spending here. It, it looks like a battleground state, sounds like a battleground state, but is it? They're spending like a battleground state. Yeah. And, and if you talk to the Democrats, they, 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 it was a widely circulated presentation that they, that they put out saying, yeah, it's, it's a battleground state and they've closed the gap. I mean, I've got, you know, they were uh, between Trump and Clinton in Texas. The, the differential was 800,000 votes. Between Cruz and O'Rourke, the the, the differential was two hundred thousand votes. Mm. Wow. So so they think you know with you know that they've they've got a race on their hands. Vinny, explain to us and to the listeners why the Trump campaign or any campaign for that matter wants all the information they can get on those sixty two million people who voted for the president. What are they going to do with this? Don't they know where I am with my voter registration card, which is public information? They do. They want that want that information, and they want to be able to motivate you to work. So, so I think one of the things that here in Texas we always we forget about general elections because we really don't have them so much. We have primaries. Mm-hmm. So, in a general election, there's really not an undecided voter. It doesn't really exist. The, the only decision you have to make is, gee, can I get this guy out of the recliner to go vote or not? Mm-hmm. So, if I've got that information in the voter's registration file, I got your name, I got your address, but I really want to know your cell number. I really want to know your email address, mm. and then I really want to know what you do. I want your whole digital, you know, your whole digital picture. What right. if, for, for what? I mean, the, Part, the, well, partially the texts to, and emails, I guess, right? campaign texts. I, I want to turn you out, but then I want to find more people like you. 
to turnout. So I'm going to build this model audience, and then I'm going to go find lookalike people to you. So I want to know a lot about you. And a lot of this, too, is about getting your voter to the polls. And, you know, we saw that uh, with Democrats in 2018. They did a good job of doing that nationwide and and certainly here in Texas when you talk about that uh, Beto O'Rourke-Ted Cruz race being so close. That's what this is all about, too, isn't it? Uh, You know, yes, you know, Donald Trump may have a lot of voters here in Texas, but he's got to get them energized enough to go, man, this is a real thing. We need to be there because we can't take Texas for granted. Well, absolutely. And if you look at 2018, I mean, let's be honest, the Republican Party was totally napping in 2018. Yeah. And I think a lot of pollsters came down and told folks like Kenny Marchant, oh, Kenny, you're fine. Don't worry. You wound up having a, a, a you know, three point race, a, a needlessly close race. Yeah, right. And now he's retiring. So I think people are finally waking up to, to, like, wait a minute, 2018 was real. What are we going to do now? You know, something that struck me, not to get too far down in the weeds. Uh, oh, please, in, I love the weeds. I <laughs> love the weeds. weeds. <laughs> not to get too far down in them, though. But, you know, I, I read another article related to this spending uh, that the Trump campaign is doing in Texas. And it was highlighting specifically that they were uh, putting out a lot of immigration ads. But then you see on the other side that Democrats think that immigration is a winning issue for them with suburban voters uh, here in Texas. So, you know, you're spending a lot of money on that. Is that to try to sway people in those suburbs who might not feel so positively about the immigration agenda uh, of the president? Well, to be honest with you, I'm a little off on the on the Trump um, um, strategy in Texas. I Hmm. I don't I don't think they're it's clear they don't live here. You know, and I, and I think they're missing some of the demographic changes that we've had in Texas. So demographers were always predicting, okay, Hispanics will rise and become this big, you know, but they missed the demographic changes right in front of their eyes, hmm. which is a lot of people from out of the out of the state, California, moved in. Even the Republicans that moved in, if you moved from Mission Viejo to McKinney, that's a different kind of Republican than we normally have in Collin County. So a lot of those folks, like you just mentioned, these um, suburban housewives, highly educated. And maybe, you know, they don't have 1,500 rounds of ammunition at home. They're a little Mm -hmm. softer on abortion. They're comfortable voting for a Democrat if that's who they like, even though they're registered as Republicans. So the Trump campaign is targeting a voter here, and you think they're kind of missing that mark. How long will they keep missing that mark? Don't they tweak that as they go? Don't they look at some metrics and go, wow, this isn't playing well? They, they certainly should, but you remember they've got lots of other things to worry about. So Florida is mm. a considerable problem. Michigan is a big problem. Um, I was surprised they weren't spending very much money in Minnesota, mm. which I think is a big problem. But they're big players in in, uh, in Pennsylvania and in and a lot of these other battleground states. Well, but, well, but can well, I say one other thing about yeah, the digital spend? Is, is the guy whose name comes up at the top or near the top every time is Tom Steyer. Mm. Tom Steyer is pouring it on everywhere. And in Nevada, he's two to one against everybody. And wow. for people who don't, for people who don't know Tom Steyer, t- tell people who Tom Steyer is, and where does he get his money? Tom Tom Steyer's a gazillionaire, mm-hmm. and, and I and I forget was it was he a hedge fund guy? He's so. uh, he's, he's like a Wall Street su- money, yeah, super super wealthy, and he has been spending tens of million dollars on an impeached Trump um, uh, campaign, right? And then and he dovetailed that into a, a presidential run. So he is spending as much as one hundred dollars to get a one dollar donor. And then that data will wow. go to wow. to the to the party. Let, let, let's return to the weeds. Let's return to the weeds for a moment Wrong or weeds. two. Sorry, <laughs> Brad Parscale. Uh, Brad Parscale is the campaign manager for President Trump's 2020 campaign. I moderated an event with him not too long ago in downtown Dallas. And before we got going, I was just 
curious about the, the success he had on Facebook in 2016. He told me that he can channel his money exactly to a candidate he knows will support the president, his candidate. And I said, well, how do you do that? What do you mean you know? And from using Facebook, he said, if someone dislikes a meme or something about the president, if someone posts something, you know, negative about the president, if they put the little, uh, you know, crying icon or something negative about him, he will kick that person out of, of their database, essentially, and not spend any money on that person. That's fascinating. Technology is, is can tell a campaign that much stuff. Yeah, and, and Brad really wants to, kind of just like his boss, wants to tear down all the normal institutions and, and reinvent it. And I think it's really cool. I, I mean, he would love to get to the point to where he's doing 62 million individual ads, mm-hmm. if, if he could possibly get to that. I think he ran 6 million different pieces of creative um, in the in the 2016 campaign. So we, you know, that, that data exists. And six. that's a that digital picture that we have of you. So it, six million pieces of creative. Is that six million different ads? Six million whether different it's, ads. Now, now whether it could, it's, it's a web banner or, or right. anything. And it, it could be as simple as, gee, Jason responds better to ads with a blue background than ads with a red background. So, 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 the, so the variations can be small. But it's it's six million different variations. Boy, that is uh, that's really specialized. So, how much of a frustration then is it for somebody in his position? If I I don't know about you guys, but um, you know I, I have a lot of friends on Facebook. They don't want to hear anything anymore about politics. They'll they'll say so, and so they're not hitting that sad face, happy face, or mad face when it comes to something political. So that's got to frustrate these data collectors because now it makes it a little harder to figure out where your head is. Or does it? Well, I I think they know where their head is, but I think not everybody is engaged in these political campaigns all the time. Mm -hmm. But like even in in Iowa, like if you go back to 2004, 30 days out from Iowa, Howard Dean was in first place. John Kerry was in fifth. Hmm. And that's how late that, that, that got engaged. John Kerry, of course, won Iowa. Um, so, uh, you, you know, we want to learn everything about you. We want to learn what's, what, what buttons to push with you. And then at the right time, we'll push those buttons. So when I, open up my, when I open up my Facebook feed and, and, and scan through there, campaigns will, if, if I'm politically motivated here, campaigns will have targeted me if I've liked something in the past. Is and, that right? And you're a junkie. Because because we know right. we know your history of what you've done online, mm. and so we know oh well okay he's a guy who's engaged all the time as opposed to maybe some of the suburban housewives you were talking about they may not drop into this until a few days before early voting. So after after the first Democratic debate, Julian Castro decided to spend some money and take out some ads, according to that Express News article, and his ads were evidently sent to. Women, 83% of his uh, ads were shown to, uh, or his ad was shown to an audience of 83% women in Texas, and then about the same amount of women in California. So that's, you guys can specifically target to who you want to send it to on a social media platform, it sounds like. You can target it by, by much more than demographics. So, so it wasn't just 83% women. That was going to be, you know, who knows what, what, their, what their demographic set was, but that might be women with children in the home or, you know, what age group they are, what they do for a living. Certain income brackets. Certain income brackets, right. So you can have, you, you, there's, there's a certain set of ads that would go to women with a college degree, mm. a different set of interests for women without a college degree. Well, it's amazing to wrap your head around. So we know, as Jason was talking about uh, in 2016, how much uh, candidates relied on Facebook to just laser target these different voters. 
what happens in 2020? We already see the money being spent in a big way. What are we going to see in these 400 whatever days ahead? Right. Well, Facebook is still going to be a big player, and and it's kind of interesting because it's a big player in your city council race, and and you know, and it scales all the way up to all the way up to president because it's a great place for us to scrape information about you into our databases. So we use it to reach you um, with the application of a little money, uh, you know, and and then and then we can get that information back. But I think if 2020 is going to be the 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 year of the text. And this is the peer-to-peer texting. We've seen it. It's another technology that, that scales pretty well from a city council race up to a, up to a, a, a presidential race. But they want your cell phone number. How, how do you get my cell phone number? You give it to me. Oh, I, I don't want to. When you give Tom Steyer that $1, <laughs> he'll ask you for it. You have to give your name and your address. But, but they, will, they will happily you know, you know, give it. A lot of people will happily give it. But there's also... You've given it out to somebody at some point in time. And you can buy that as a campaign. And, and we can buy that and match that. Well, Vinny, it's, it's not a 100% match, but about half of them. Isn't that also what's going on when the candidate is in the middle of the debate and says, hey, if you like my message, text uh, some money to four or three, whatever, whatever it is. So by the time you've texted that, now they've got your number. Absolutely. Your, your email address is worth about eight bucks. Your cell phone number, probably 20 or 25. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because you will answer a text. You may not answer an unknown number, but you will at least read a text I send you. So Donald Trump or Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, any of the Democrats, they're going to actually, their campaign is going to text me specifically. Uh, and is it going to be a tailored message to me specifically? Two, two different things going on. with Actually, a lot of things going on with text, but two different ways to do it. If you've opted in, then the campaign can send you texts. If you said, you know, approve one or two to stop. The other thing is peer-to-peer texting. So my campaign can basically hire a bunch of individual people, put all these numbers into a, into a system, and they will just press a button and text you. So that's legal. It's a peer-to-peer texting. Wow. So you're going to see that a lot. The other thing you're going to see experimenting with right now is text uh, polling by text. Mm. And that's helping us get people who are younger into the polling. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah, that's, that's brand new. And then that will be rolled out for 2020? It's being tested right now, and, and I've seen it in, in a few races, and it's pretty accurate. Last thing, going back to the, you know, that line that was buried deep in that uh, Express News, or political article, rather. Um, I mentioned that to you on the phone the other day, Vinny, and said, hey, I'd like for you to come in and talk about it. And you told me that the Trump campaign, by doing this, is getting ready for hand-to-hand combat in Texas. What do you mean by that? I, absolutely. They, I, I think, like I said before, I think it's yellow alert in, in Texas. And and they are they want to fight this out voter by voter, person by person. That's how they want to do that. They're, I don't expect them to spend a lot of money on television. I expect them to spend a lot of money on two places, digital, like we talked about, Facebook and digital ads. And they want to they want to double the number of volunteers they've had. Mm. And you can see the parties trying to turn that out. It's not something Republicans are normally super good at. Um, so we're going to have to learn how to do it. I know we're running out of time, but yeah. how, do, how does the GOP do in 2020 here in Texas, do you think? You know what? It really depends on the candidates, right? Right now we've had a bunch of retirements. Maybe you might have another one, Kevin Brady, question mark? Um, so I've heard a different name than that. That's oh, interesting. okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, there have, who knows? Um, it's really going to depend on, on finding quality candidates, and that's really, really tough. Wow. Vinny, I love talking to you, man. I could talk to you forever. Oh, it's fun. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks for being here, man. 
Think about how much campaigns you're going to have to spend if they're paying 20 bucks a cell phone, 25 bucks a cell phone. But is it more than they were spending before for other things? You know, I mean, th- this is just a cost of doing business. And goodness knows there's plenty of money in politics these days. So they've got the money to do it. My curiosity is what is going to be the put off factor? You know, are they really going to rub people the wrong way? When you start talking about multiple candidates having your number and bugging you constantly, I don't even like being bothered by the people I know. <laughs> and and one thing that Vinny just, just told us here about how, People might not answer their cell phone, yeah. but you're going to answer a text. You're going to read a text. If it pops up, you're going to at least look at it, and then the campaign has you. Yeah, and how many you, of those are going to get blocked, though? I'm going to block all of them. Are you? Yes. I can't stand it. I don't want that thing dinging all day. I don't know how I didn't get any of these in 2018 when Beto O'Rourke was running and really used this strategy a lot. Uh, so if you have my cell phone number out there, guys, don't share it with any campaigns. You know, I say, though, I'm so averse to it, but uh, is this going to be one of those things that y- at first you go, there's no way, there's no way people are going to accept this, and then it just becomes the new normal? Uh, you, you know, think about, think about years ago when campaigns were handing out buttons. You don't get a lot of buttons anymore. You're right. You know, that's kind of fallen by the wayside. So this is going to come from the button fund now that they pay for your cell phone number. When's the last button you got? I, I can't remember. The I haven't last had one. a button in a long time. I'm thinking I like Ike. You know, that's the last one I can think of. But clearly, campaigns had a budget for that. They have shifted their money somewhere else, mm-hmm. and now they're putting their money into buying your cell phone number so they can get you there because they know they're going to get you there. Whether you're picking up your kids, you're sitting at the soccer game, or you're in the you know the grocery store. Just wait. That ring and that vibration is coming. It'll wear you out. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the uh, inaugural episode of Yolitics. We would appreciate you leaving us a review wherever you get your podcast and tell us the topics that you think that we should cover. And, you know, you can even suggest a brew that we might want to try. Uh, and, you know, I'll even give uh, another dark beer a, a whirl. This has been a good one. We're looking for the Texas beer especially. If you have one you think we should try, let us know. We'll see you next week. <laughs>